Good morning, everybody. Welcome into 104.3 The Fans Coffee Break. Jake Shapiro, Rachel Hill, hanging out with you. We hope you all had a wonderful Memorial Day weekend. It's hard to believe it's Tuesday, but the Western Conference Finals begin tonight, Jake. How excited are you after what we saw in Game 6 from the Avs? I need Will's pom-pom. I'm so excited. Like, let's go. It is hockey season, even though it's warm outside after Memorial Day. This is what you dream of as a hockey fan. Your hockey team is playing after Memorial Day into the actual summer. So it's great. Um, We're getting a little Mick on Mick action. I had some McDonald's last night as a preview for the McDavid versus uh, McKinnon matchup with a little bit of Makar on the side. So I am very excited. What did you have for McDonald's? This is going to be if I like you or not, Jake. This is going to be what decides it. Well, the app last night had a double quarter pounder. Uh, you, you get a free fry and a free Coke for, uh, with the do- double quarter pounder. Personally, that's not my normal order. I'm more of a spicy chicken sandwich kind of guy with some fries and a large Coke. Okay, gotcha. I'm into McDouble, but I do like live and breathe McDonald's um, soda pop selection, whichever one you want to call it, because nobody tops it. They are amazing. If you haven't actually like had one, just go today. Treat yourself to a dollar drink at McDonald's because they are amazing, hands down. But let's get in to some more hockey talk, Jake. Obviously, the Avs will be playing the Oilers tonight. We are so excited, like we said. But what are you really expecting to see tonight? Are you expecting super hard, fast pace coming out right out of the gate? Are you expecting more reserved? What are you expecting? Yeah, I've said this a bunch of times on this show, but in hockey, it's just so important to to set a tone and to start out a series how you want to play. And for the Oilers, it is speed. For the Avalanche, it is speed. And the Oilers actually have um, a couple pretty, you know, guys that can get physical, whether you talk about Evander Kane up top, Duncan Keith, Cody Cece, Darnell Nurse. These are guys that can lay the wood a little bit and, You'd expect, especially the Oilers as the underdog in this series, to come out and start finishing some checks. Now, this does benefit the Avs because finishing your checks puts you out of the play sometimes. And finishing your checks can lead to some penalties. So the Avs, as we saw so far through their two rounds, are so good on the the, uh, power play that this is going to be beneficial to the Avs. Now, one of the things to watch in this goaltending or in this matchup is the goaltending. I can't quite remember a Western Conference or an Eastern Conference final with both goaltenders being this unproven this deep into the playoffs. And I mean, Mike Smith is a little more proven, but he's just older. Why do you say unproven? Well, Darcy has never won anything. Um, I mean, he was really good this regular season, but that playoff series against St. Louis was not good. Like you need a save percentage upwards of 9-10, 9-15 to get into a spot where you have a chance to win the Stanley Cup. Darcy is struggling a little bit right now. Meanwhile, on the other side, Mike Smith. Mike Smith has been around for forever. I believe he's been in the NHL since 2004, 2005, somewhere around there. He has had a lot of playoff success uh, in the past. I think he made it to one Western Conference final with the Arizona Coyotes. Maybe they were even the Phoenix Coyotes back then so long ago. Um, 
He had a couple good runs with Calgary before he hopped over and changed Alberta towns. Uh, but he is one of the oldest players in the league. He always has made some of the most asinine mistakes and just obscene errors that you could see out of a hockey player. And I think he's always just trying to do a little too much. Like he isn't as good as he thinks he is and he tries to do too much and it gets him into trouble. But the only games in the playoffs where you've seen there be like nine or seven or eight goals, aside from the ones the abs are scoring are these Oilers games because they're just trying to outscore their opponents because they know Mike Smith might not be able to stop a puck. Conversely, Mike Smith made 50 saves in a game seven and they won one. So you never know what you're going to get with Mike Smith, but it's so much different than when you look at the Rangers and Igor Shashirskin on the Eastern conference side, even though he has not done it in the playoffs yet, they've not proven, uh, you know, a Stanley cup winner over there in Igor Shashirskin. He's going to win the Vesna this year. He's already won five elimination games in his career. Uh, so I, you know, I just, out of the goalies left the Eastern conference between Vasilevsky, who's won multiple Stanley cups and Igor Shashirskin is just a different level of goaltender than the one we have out here in the West. It's so funny when you look at both of the playoff series between the Eastern and Western Eastern, it was like, Oh, it's going to go into the third period score zero, zero. Um, like we're just waiting for a goaltender to, for something to slip up. Right. Like they're so strong there compared to here in the Western conference, where we're just dominating in the points. It's always a high scoring game. It feels like. So really when whoever meets in the Stanley cup finals, it's going to be very interesting to see how, you know, does it just depend on your goal? Will that automatically win you a Stanley cup or does, do you need different players? Do you need key players who are able to put the puck in the back of the net? Yeah. And, uh, we talked about this a little bit in that last series, Rachel, and I really do believe in hockey that your top six cancels each other out more or less come playoff time. Now, there's a great article done by 538 after the last Oilers series, which essentially laid out that Connor McDavid has been so good this postseason, he can no longer be categorized as a hockey player in his usage and his production. He's been more like a basketball player taking over the game and scoring when he chooses to, which is something that has never been done in the NHL. Like Wayne Gretzky was not even at that level. Yeah, he produced more, but it was a different era uh, with a different set of rules. So Connor McDavid is doing things right now that are just otherworldly. McKinnon is the only guy in the world that can keep up with McDavid, like flat out. He's not as good, McKinnon, but he can keep up with him on some nights. Now, you look at the rest of this Oilers team, they are so weak down on their bottom six forwards. The Avs probably have more skill, more scoring touch. Their defensive pairings are a little bit stronger. You're going to tell me here in 2022 that you would rather have Tyson Berry on your last defensive pairing instead of, you know, Eric Johnson. I would look at you a little crazy. We've seen Tyson Berry enough to know what he offers, but the Oilers do have a guy in Duncan Keith who has won two defensive player of the year trophies and every single player who's won multiple trophies in that category has gone on to the hall of fame. He is also at the end of his career after a long career with the Blackhawks, but he won three Stanley cups in Chicago where he'd routinely play 30 minutes a night in the playoffs. Duncan Keith can shut you down still at this age. So the Oilers have some guys that make you 
a little bit scared. Um, and that's not even to mention Leon Dreisaitl. And they often break up Dreisaitl and McDavid. Dreisaitl is probably the third or fourth best player in the league. And you're talking about it if you want to make a basketball comparison. It's like having LeBron James and Nikola Jokic. Like, it's insane the, the level of the two guys they have. But then around them, they have a savvy veteran like Duncan Keith and Paul Millsap. And then, you know, they have a bunch of guys. So the, the way the Avalanche are going to beat this team is by extinguishing some of that threat from those two great players and then making up for it in the margins when your bottom lines are playing against each other. And the Avs, like we saw against St. Louis in game six, who were those goals from? JT Comfer and Darren Helm. That's where your bottom six steps up. It's really going to be all about depth, but we're going to talk plenty more Colorado Avalanche this afternoon, 3 p.m. right here on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, both Jake, myself, and Will Peterson. We're going to break down everything you need to know about this Oiler series. Mac is also going to be joining us at some point. He's waiting on one presser to finish up for the Avs. That way he can bring you all the details for stuff you need to know. So let's go into the next piece where we learned some information on Jerry Judy today. He was obviously arrested a few weeks ago, um, and we have found out that he will not be getting any charges pressed. So the Arapahoe County District Attorney's Office has filed a motion to dismiss all charges against Broncos wide receiver Jerry Judy per source. Motion to dismiss includes vacating today's hearing. Judy had received two misdemeanor non-physical contact domestic violence charges. So Jerry Judy not getting charged with anything and hopefully will be at Broncos OTA as that continues on this week. Jake, I know you used to cover these types of stories all the time, Jake, when you worked for the Denver Post. When you see something like this, how good does that make you feel? Well, the, the key here is he was charged, but he was not prosecuted. Mm-hmm. Which is a big difference. Um, and in domestic violence cases, about 90 to 95% of charges are true, um, whether or not they are prosecuted. Now, everyone is innocent until they are guilty. found guilty of a crime. Um, and reading into the details of the incident with Judy, it sounds like his partner and his the mother of his child genuinely wanted for this to be over and for there not to be any issue here. And that maybe she realized having the police involved was a mistake. Um, now it does seem like maybe they do need some help and hopefully they get it and hopefully the situation helps them. Um, so what I see when I see this case is, uh, someone under 25, I believe Jerry Judy is like 23, 24, making a stupid mistake, trying to do something that he shouldn't be doing. Um, and his partner who I'm assuming is about the same age, also making a stupid mistake. And you live and you learn and you get over it. And hopefully we never have to deal with this stuff again. And that's it. Like, you know, none of it was violent, which is, I think, the biggest thing to know. Like, personally, like, I have a hard time rooting for athletes that I find out that have done something violent to somebody that they care about in their lives. Judy made a stupid mistake. It wasn't violence. It was just something that he shouldn't have done uh, in, in, you know, hiding his phone or whatever it was exactly from his girlfriend. Now, what I, I like here from the Broncos perspective and the football perspective, this got solved really quickly. Like these things normally don't wrap up that quick. I thought we were going to be dealing with this maybe even into the season, especially with how uh, guns are blazing the Arapahoe County Sheriff's Department seemed about this issue. Uh, but this is over and 
you know, OTAs are still going on. We're not even in camp yet. Like Judy's going to have a, a, an off season where this was barely a blip in the radar. So uh, if you thought of Jerry Judy as like one of the biggest fantasy sleepers going into the season, which was the article published on the same day that this came out uh, by somebody, this shouldn't have had an impact on that. So that's good for Judy and the Broncos too. The future moving forward. Yes, obviously we're excited that Jerry Judy can now hopefully just focus on football. But let's talk about moving forward to when it comes to the Denver Nuggets. So Tim Connolly obviously leaving for the Minnesota Timberwolves. He got an ownership stake with the team. So congratulations to him. Uh, but you look now, okay, so what's the future going to hold? And that person now in charge is Calvin Booth. So when we look at Calvin Booth, right? So he used to play, obviously, but he was named the Nuggets GM back in 2020. There's a lot that needs to go forward with Calvin. You said you had three things that he 100% needed to get done this season or this offseason, excuse me. Number one being what, Jake? Number one for me is figuring out what to do with Will Barton. Uh, I personally would trade him in a package and try to get a more defensive oriented and some type of shooting guard that could play make and has a good high efficiency three point shot. Uh, When I think of the perfect player, I think of someone like Lou Dort from the Oklahoma city thunder Uh, will Barton at this point in his career, whether he's been hurt during playoff runs or the other guys have been hurt during playoff runs. He's always been a letdown come playoff time. Um, he makes some of the mind num- most mind-numbing decisions on the basketball court you've ever seen. And he's also been one of the better shooting guards the Nuggets have ever had. So it's a really hard side of the coin, but I think the Nuggets need to try something new. We've heard some reports that say Calvin Booth will be very aggressive. And when I see something that says you're going to be very aggressive, Will Barton and Monte Morris have the two most tradable contracts on this team. Those are the two guys that are most likely to move just by that. I think they'll keep Monte, but you package Will with maybe the 21st pick in the draft and another expiring deal, Jeff Green or Jamichael Green, and all of a sudden you have the ability to go out and get a better starting shooting guard and you're making a legitimate upgrade. And thanks to Bones Highland improving so much, he's a legitimate replacement for some of those things that Will Barton did on the offensive side of the ball. Bones Highland was truly, I don't think anyone expected him to do what he did this season. And boy, did he impress a lot of people. And we look forward to seeing what he's got moving ahead. Okay, number two, Jake, is what? Number two uh, for me in terms of what the Nuggets need to do is get a defender for the league's quickest guards. You, You heard me just say this about Lou Dort. He's a point of attack defender is what we call it. It's a guy that will guard the ball. Aaron Gordon does a really good job of guarding small forwards, power forward centers. He is a phenomenal defender, and it's something a lot of us didn't know until he came to Denver. The Nuggets need someone that can keep up with Dame Lillard, Steph Curry, some of these smaller players that can kind of mirror Gordon, but for smaller players. Gordon's great for Luka Doncic, LeBron James, some of these bigger guys. But the Nuggets struggled so much in that Warrior series because they don't really have a quick defensive guy. And that's why I mentioned Alou Dort. There's a couple other guys in the league, Matisse Thibel, Josh Hart, Josh Richardson, that maybe are on the market that could help the Nuggets there and offer them some of that versatility and defensive strength, either at the starting shooting guard position or coming off the bench. All right. Number three. Number three is re-sign some of these role players. Uh, And this is kind of another two-sided coin. You saw how important Boogie Cousins was 
for the Nuggets last year as a backup center. Uh, I don't know that they need to re-sign Boogie Cousins if they have another backup center that they can go out and get, particularly one that could play with or without Jokic. I think of a guy like Nick Claxton on the Brooklyn Nets who can slide into the four position or slide up to the five. But I really do believe Boogie Cousins was very important to this team. He's someone they need to re-sign or consider re-signing. Uh, the guy they really, really, really need to re-sign is Austin Rivers. Uh, he was such a valuable role player for this team. And he proved that not only does he have a good scoring touch, as we knew from being a Clipper, he has a good defensive touch as well. And he did a really good job on some of the, the faster guards, as we mentioned. He was really the only Nuggets resistance in that Golden State series. And then there's a couple other guys. Uh, Davon Reed, I'd like to see them bring back. And then Bryn Forbes, if you need a shooter and you have your 14th or 15th spot on the bench, there's no reason why you shouldn't just offer Bryn Forbes. He's, he's won a championship and proven to be a 40% three-point shooter, even though he played out of the Nuggets rotation towards the end of the season. I'm really hoping they bring back Boogie Austin Rivers. I'm with you on that one, too. But now we get to bring in DMAC, who is live from Ball Arena. We're so excited to have him as the Western Conference Finals get underway. DMAC, how are you? Good to see you guys. Happy coffee break on a uh, Western Conference Final uh, Tuesday. How about that, huh? Exciting. I know. Hey, D-Mac, what have you learned? I know you were down there for morning skate. You listened to pressers. What was the biggest storyline? There's some fun storylines. Um, for example, Josh Manson's father, Dave Manson, actually is an assistant coach for Edmonton. And Dave Manson was a bruiser in the NHL. It was actually Josh's mom who convinced him to play hockey, not Dave. So that's kind of an interesting father-son uh, dynamic. They say they don't talk hockey all that often unless uh, Josh really screws up and his dad can't help him. Um, so that's a, that's a fun little side story. The, the big story, though, is uh, the story of the Max. I like it, the story of the Max. But you have McKinnon and McDavid. So it's been question after question about, um, you know, that sort of matchup. And, and don't forget, Eminem has uh, Leon Dreisaitl as well, who may be the second best player on earth next to Connor McDavid. And with uh, Evander Kane, that's their top line. But it's no joke, guys. Analytically, statistically, that's it for Edmonton. Now, what that is, is a lot. But they just don't have the same depth that the Avalanche do. So it really is all about containing one line. And you do have to just contain it. They will get their points as they've proven. Um, it's going to happen. There's nothing you can do about it. But can you limit it? And that's what we see will be. Looks like we might be experiencing a little bit of technical difficulty. You never know. Service can always be a little spotty, but we'll give yeah. the Mac. Oh, there he goes. Yep. It can always be a little spotty down there. There's a lot more people. There's a lot more media down there at Ball Arena now than there typically is. So we'll wait and hopefully get DMAC back once his, oh, oh, he might be back. DMAC, can you hear us? Ball arena Wi-Fi is just not good sometimes. No, um, it, and I can tell you, especially on game days, like DMAC said that the <laughs> – can, can you hear us now? I apologize. I'm, I can hear you now. I'm... DMAC, we can't hear you now. Um, well, I'll, it's time for my joke then to fill time. 
Uh, I'm ready for it. <laughs> Rachel, I was going to make the joke that uh, Ball Arena, they should be calling it Puck Arena because the Avs, but it really is Ball Arena because of the Colorado Mammoth, the lacrosse ball side of it. Look at them. Let's get into that real quick. Yes, they were named Western Conference champions. So congratulations to the Colorado Mammoth. I love that you brought that up, Jake. How cool. Obviously, you know, we don't talk a lot about the Mammoth, but they are truthfully a really good program. The Loud House. Like, let's get the Loud House rocking all week long between the Avs and the Mammoth. Uh, It's really cool to see another Colorado team make a run towards the championship. Um, I would love two parades. I I mean, I'm not, it's it's crazy because it's like, I'm not someone that goes to the St. Patrick's Day parade or goes to like, I don't know what other parades we have in town, but you hear championship parade, I will be there. Oh, absolutely. Okay, DMAC is hopefully back with us. We'll see. DMAC, can you hear us now? Hi. I can hear you. Can you guys hear me? Okay, right on, right on. DMAC, I know you're a popular guy. I know you said that there's a lot more media down there. They brought out the name cards for the pressers. What is the environment like? Well, that's a great question, Rachel. Uh, Heads up if you're coming to the game tonight. They blocked off two parking lots for uh, media that they normally would allow for production trucks because not only do you have, um, you know, TNT, but you have several, multiple Canadian uh, networks here as well. And this is going to just, this is going to have a ripple effect on parking. So just a heads up, if you are headed down here tonight, give yourself extra time because everything is just going to get backed up. Yeah, it's crazy around the arena. We haven't seen anything like this for a long, long time. So the attention that this series is going to get is going to be massive, especially because it is a Canadian team. So they will have all the interest of, of, of that particular country. And um, so, yeah, it's a lot. Uh, be ready for it. And it'll be exciting top to bottom. But it is going to be wild down here. And I do think they're setting stuff up in front of the arena, too. And I don't know if that's more for road games than for home games. But in general, we haven't had hockey kind of to this degree in a long time. So expect delays, expect um, time to get into the building, expect all that stuff, too. And you can see all the pom-poms are out as well. So at least they're, they're ready with that. DMAC, do you expect the Avs to try to match the, the McCarr defensive pairing with the, that, that McDavid line? Or do you expect the Avs to kind of rotate who's going to be playing against McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Kane? It's, it's a great, great question, Jake. And I guess we'll see if they do anything specific. But, you know, in the past, Jared Bednar has said, we are the storm in terms of if you have to absorb the storm or whatever you want to say. I don't know. It's a good question, Jake. Um, Of course, they don't tell us that now in terms of what specific adjustments they may want to make. They haven't played. I mean, nobody has one line like the Oilers have in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Nobody has like that amount of talent. And then that kind of drop off afterwards. Uh, So it, it could be a unique set of circumstances. Don't know. In the past, the Avalanche haven't cared about that. They do their own thing and you have to adjust to them. We'll see. Vixen to find out. Good question, though, for sure. When you um, look at the McDavid-McKinnon, you know, scenario that's being brought upon, when you talk to both of them today, are they letting that get to them, that it's really kind of all focused on those two players, or are they just saying all of the right things of, hey, this is a team sport, like, we're all going to go out there? Well, <laughs> McDavid wouldn't even mention Nathan McKinnon's name yesterday when he was asked directly about him. He just sort of uh, – it, it wasn't in an insulting way. 
it was more like we have to take on the entire team rather than just one one guy to match up. But McKinnon and Landeskog and Rantanen and everybody acknowledges how good Connor McDavid is. Nobody's being shy about that. And, and McKinnon's getting his due respect. The two of them together, they're not want to mention each other's name and that specific sort of matchup. I mean, it's what everybody's going to be watching, no, no doubt about it. Um, but they're not getting caught in talking about it. DMAC, we just talked about the goaltending a little bit, and Mike Smith is a, a veteran player who, who's had a lot more playoff experience uh, than Darcy Kemper. But you look at both of them in the last series, and Darcy had an 892 save percentage. Mike Smith had a 907 save percentage. And we see some of the errors Mike Smith makes, but we also see the, the peaks, and the same thing could be said for Darcy Kemper. Who has the advantage at the goaltending matchup? And, and I, I pointed this out when you have Shesterchkin against Vasilevsky on the other side versus these two guys here, it's like night and day with goaltending matchups. Well, yeah, let's hope you're wrong. <laughs> I mean, let's hope Kemper is, is up for the challenge. Uh, Mike Smith, what a story he is at 40 years of age. A uh, guy looks like he's been living in the woods for the past 10 years and um, is, is, is widely regarded as one of the best puck handling goalies in the NHL. One of the few goalies who actually has a goal who actually plays in the NHL empty netter. But he's 40. I don't know, man. I guess it, – and it's been a roller coaster ride for Edmonton all year, although they've obviously been hot of late. But when you look at that series against Calgary, it's not like that was a goaltending, um, you know – showcase right there i mean there were some wild games in that series so i'd like to think the advantage i i, I think it's an interesting series because i don't think it's going to come down to goaltending one way or the other i think it makes for a pretty high scoring series i think it's um if i had to make some sort of bet i would bet the winning team in each game will get at least six goals and i'm not sure who that team is going to be but i bet you anything it's something like that I think it might be a goaltending series of survival rather than steals. You, you want to talk about the Rangers and Tampa, that's kind of the opposite side of the coin. And hopefully the Avs have to deal with that, you know, in about two weeks. I think this is all about high-flying, scoring, uh, racing around, pretty exciting series on tap. And, and I think depth wins out over one line. So I'll take the Avs in uh, five. Okay. I know I've been telling people buckle up, get ready for the emotions that's going to be each game because we're going to see a lot of this when it comes to the goals scored by both teams. We got a comment that says, Go Avalanche, a little nervous about the home ice advantage. Hopefully they make that adjustment. D Mac, how nervous <laughs> are you about home ice? Well, that's not a bad comment considering the Avs are five and zero on the road in the playoffs and they lost mm-hmm. two and three here at Ball Arena in the last series. So I, I, I see where you're, you're coming from with that, that comment. Um, Jared Bednar was asked about that today and ultimately did say home ice is an advantage, believe it or not, and that they should, you know, profit from that. So they're not – it feels weird to say they're not afraid of home ice, if that's what uh, the comment is. They're excited to have the crowd and the excitement. Listen, I think game five was just quirky, okay, guys? I think that was just a weird, bizarre, quirky game. I don't think it – I said it at the time. I didn't think it defined who they were. I, I wasn't freaking out. On my freak-out meter, I was at a three. Some people were at 11. You know, I, I just felt confident about the ass chances. And I think that's what game five proved itself to be, okay? Um, so, relax. 
We got a home game. It's good. It's exciting. You know, we got hockey. It's almost June. You know, it's all a positive thing. Don't worry about a home game. My goodness, those are some first world problems. That's for sure. So no, I'm not. I'm not worried about a home game. I'm excited about a home game. And looking red. Whatever the ribbon board is. Uh, this is this is a, a a car ad right now that's in red. So right now I'm red, and I might be purple in a second. And Rachel, if I could find a place to actually do the coffee break from. See, now it's a little dark. Now it's red again. You know, it, it kind of flashes back and forth. Yeah, I really need you down here, Rachel, to help me out. I, I truly, you would think I would know what I'm doing at this point, and I truly don't. Well, D-Mac, first of all, we're just happy to have you no matter what color you are. We'll take it regardless. <laughs> but uh, thank you so much for hopping on Coffee Break this morning, especially. I know it's not easy to set up when you're down there, but we always appreciate the time. Okay, let me give you one quick note, too. Um, in, in the second power play unit that was working out, Burakowski and um, Newhook were both in Burgundy jerseys. When the practice was over, it was Newhook that stayed out. So it looks like it's Burakowski that's going to go Newhook not. Um, so just a slight adjustment right there just for you guys keeping score at home. Sounds good. We will definitely keep that in mind. DMAC, once again, thank you so much. We'll look forward to seeing you later tonight. All right. Well, we now need to kind of get into some commercials, actually, Jake. And we're going to watch. We've seen some different Avalanche players make their mark in the TV world. Gabe Landis, Gog, Kale McCarr, they did a Pepsi commercial. JT Comfort, Andre Burakovsky, and Miko Rantanen, I believe, are in another drink ad. So we're going to go ahead and play this. And then we're going to decide who deserves the Oscar out of the five of them. Go ahead and take a listen. Show me. It's way more important. What's more important than that? Learning Finnish. Is this going to help me uh, to become a better hockey player or? Absolutely not. All right, first word, hockey. Do you have any uh, guesses? What could it be in Finnish? Jupria. That's a terrible guess, but it's it's uh, this. Uh, yeah. Yakiku? Yakikuku. Yakiku. Absolutely wrong. Let's try to move on. That was a tough one for you. I don't know that in Finnish. Wrong! All right, next one is easy. It's snow. Even babies in Finland can say, I think it's probably what they say the most, their first word. So here it is. Why do you need 40 different words? For snow. In Finland, we have a lot of snow. All right, our next word is... Is that... Parvi? Oh my God, man, that was, that was exactly what it is. I'll give you one of these. All right, that's for you. That was great. Olat. Oh my God, I'll take that away. S citrus head... Mia? Citrus hedelmia. You know, I don't, I don't understand why it's so hard. It's awful what he said. Lentokonesuihku turbiini moottori apumekaanikko. Sorry to say that. That's pretty easy, no? <laughs> Next word is cheers. And in Finnish, it's called... Ah, kippis. Yeah, great, man. Let's do kippis. We're out of paper. So, how do you say that word? No, it's, we're out of paper. That's it. That's all I have to say, we're finished. Are you, are you finished? I know you're finished. Oh. I'm finished. 
Yeah, I know you're Finnish. Yeah, I am Finnish. Yeah, I know you're from Finland. You're Finnish. Yeah, but I am Finnish. Good practice today, Kale. Thanks, man. Looked like you were playing mini golf out there today. You call that a slap shot? Yeah, I do. I don't. You gonna be able to grow a beard this year or are you going with the rugged peach fuzz look? Peach fuzz jokes? Real nice, Gabe. Real nice. What are you doing? This Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle is recycling, not trash. Recycling belongs in the recycling bin. Classic Gabe. Always one step behind. Oh, okay, Kale. Yeah. Okay. Do I have to teach you everything? You know, maybe you should just play hopscotch. What? Clearly hockey's not your thing. Or maybe you should join a shuffleboard league. What's it like doing everything wrong? Hey, let me see your glove for a second. Your face looks like a baby. <laughs> <laughs> know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. Okay, so it's so funny watching all of them. Obviously, they're incredible out on the ice. So, Jake, who are you giving the Oscar to? Give him the Calder. Give him, give him every award. Give him the Oscar. I don't care. My guy is Kale McCarr. That's some good acting. And, and you know those little, like, subtle jabs? He's doing that on the ice, too. He, he's probably a good smack talker. See, I'm also with you for Kale McCarr, but it's because of his facial expressions. It truthfully just like makes you believe in what he's saying. So I'm with you. Kale McCarr is winning the Oscar here today on Coffee Break. We love seeing them, you know, get out, do different things. And, you know, it's fun to see them when they're on TV too, not just on the ice playing hockey. Uh, so Jake, as always, thank you so much for hanging out with me on Coffee Break. A huge shout-out to DMAC again, too, as he was able to join us live from Ball Arena. And a major shout-out to all of you for tuning in and hanging out with us this morning. Again, we hope you had a wonderful Memorial Day. Again, though, Jake, Will, and myself will be back 3 p.m. right here on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Shock all things Oilers Avalanche. Make sure you come hang out with us, and we'll see everybody either later this afternoon, tonight after the game, or tomorrow morning. Bye, everyone. Bye, Rachel.